Hi friends, it's your host with the Holy Ghost, Megan D. How's it going? I'm John. I'm the Mister with the Scripture. Welcome back to our podcast, The River UPC. The River podcast. UPC. So we're gonna start with the easy questions. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what do you do? Profession-wise, or like <laughs> as a hobby? Whatever you feel more comfortable talking about. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, my name's uh, John. Uh, last name Labrada. Um, 20 years old, graduated in 22 from B-Port. Since then, I've, uh, taken on a little bit of journey myself, uh, spiritually, physically. I used to live in, uh, Denton for like five, five or six months. I, I want to say five. Uh, learned a lot there about myself and things that I need to change. I like football and I'm very excited that we're able to do this, uh, reach out or get reached out to right. more better way to put it. Get reached out to, um, it's new. Yeah. It's new and it's a fun experience. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a big learning curve mm-hmm. for I love sure. You. But to answer the question, I'm Megan, you've known me for years, but to those listening and sorry, we're doing a little Q and a, get to know your host tonight. It's something that was pitched a few months ago. By one of our church babies here, my bestie for the longest time, Abby. Uh, She's super cool. She got me hot chocolate. <laughs> That's what I'm sipping on right now. Yeah, get to get get to know us a little bit and see see where we're coming from and whatnot. Yes. Um, so, question was, can you tell me about yourself and what do you do? Okay. So, I am Megan. I'm your host with the Holy Ghost. Mm. For those of you listening, what do I do? I do quite a bit. But at the same time, I got to quote Socrates here in that I know that I know nothing because there's always something new to learn. I knew you were going to say that. Had to throw it out there early. Uh, But yeah, I do, well, I work for family. I've been there, I just had my 10-year anniversary. I know. Uh, Johnny threw out your class here, so I'm going to throw out my class here. Uh, And this is the same for Abby, too. Uh, we are both Brazoswood grads of 2013. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go yeah. Bucks. Go Bucks. <laughs> Go Buck Band. Yeah. Buck Band. <laughs> Let's get specific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buck Band and Buck Powerlifting. Yeah. And then as far as, you know, with, with church, I, I know I've said it before in prior episodes that I've come back within the last, October will be, this October will be four years. I came back in 2020. But yeah. So then the next question is, where did you grow up and how did that affect who you became? Now, it's two-parted because I know both of you guys went out the city because we're in a small town, mm-hmm. of course. In Bubbleville. In Bubbleville with your parents. And we both lived in very, I don't say fully conservative households, but our parents never let us do much mm-hmm. of anything or exploring. Yeah. Right. So whenever you branched out and you moved to a different city... You went wild. <laughs> um, so, I'm, it's a two-part. Mm-hmm. When you grew up around here, how did that affect you to where you are now? When you moved out, how did that affect you to now? Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. Okay. So, the first part to that, for me, growing up, you know, and I've said it before in another, in another episode, um, I grew up in a blue home. For those of you that don't know, 
uh, I don't know if it's the same in the UK, to our UK listeners, a blue home is a law enforcement home. Uh, my mom, she's been a cop for years, and my dad worked for and retired from Dow. So, growing up, very conservative. <laughs> Talk about very conservative. Uh, my early childhood, I didn't really have church and God as a regular thing. Uh, that's why I say, you know, I'm not a lifer. And I'll, I'll always, not argue, but like a better words, argue that I am not a lifer. I came into this in my preteens, mm -hmm. 12, 13 years old, uh, 2005 to be exact. Uh, but with me and the nerd that I am, I, whenever I want to get into something, I get into it. You know, funny enough, that's whenever our friendship formed. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, during that, that was a time. Yeah, it was a time. <laughs> it was a good time, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but having left, so, okay, so Blue, Blue family, Dow family, very conservative, very sheltered compared mm -hmm. to the rest of my family. Mm -hmm. Very, very sheltered. Mm -hmm. And that didn't really break until... Or start to break until, I mean, my parents got divorced mm -hmm. in 20, 2011. It was a, like a two-year event, 2011, 2013. But I had a lot of growing up in, in a very short time when that was going on and whatnot. So very sheltered, blue home, very respectful, don't get me wrong. You know, we're also Texas born and raised, I should say. And whenever I left, I moved to Austin to, for those of you that don't know, moved to Austin to go to St. Edwards University. It's a uh, private university there in, in Austin. Uh, beautiful campus. But the time there, oh my goodness. I mean, Abby, I've, I've shared quite a bit with you yeah. of what was going on during that time. But it it was very eye-opening. I tell everybody, and I kind of lean on, uh, even though I had to drop out, lean on that philosophy. Being, being a philosophy major... You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, the philosophy of, I I didn't learn what I set out to learn, but I learned what I needed to learn. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's something that does happen when you do leave a small town. And go. And it doesn't even have to be a big town. Just leaving home yes. in itself for an extended period of time. It's whenever you're truly alone. Yes. Because you don't have mom and dad down the street. Yeah, the closest uh, family that I had was in Taylor. Oh, yeah. uh, shout out to my cousin the Taylor and her husband and their uh, their new baby. Uh, yeah, and then I had another cousin in San Antonio. And either direction is forty five minutes to an hour away mm -hmm. for for my support. Okay, do you want to repeat the question or got no? It? I remembered it. Oh, <laughs> I'm pretty good at that. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm the worst. Um, well, I kind of didn't grow up here. Uh, my dad was a a journeyman electrician he bounced around a lot and sometimes i bounced with him but our home base i like to say because we would i've lived like in nebraska north carolina florida and uh our, our home base was always like Rio grand city in the valley so we had a we had a house there and we would move in for like a year or like a couple months however long the job was and then we'd come back or we'd move somewhere else and we'd come back you know so it was always like this repetitious pack up your stuff get up set down hmm. set up chill for a little bit pack up your stuff get down set up you know the way that affected me and i feel like i've said it 
before, maybe on this podcast. It's coming back to me. Maybe I did. I don't know. It kind of helped me uh, be able to get past what a lot of people wait forever to get past. And uh, by that, I mean, like, breaking that uh, social kind of thing people mm-hmm. have. Um, you know, like, the, oh, the, the social anxiety. That's what yeah. I mean to say. With the social being anxiety. The new kid. Yeah, I was always the new kid. And, you know, more often than not, I was the new kid in the middle of the year. So I got really good at uh, reading, reading rooms, reading people. I was adaptable. Mm-hmm. It made me very adaptable. And then sixth grade, sixth grade came and we came down to Freeport. I didn't plan on being here more than a couple months. Right. And uh, ended up liking it. My dad found a lot of jobs here because Freeport is full of plants Mm-hmm. and uh it's ever growing whatever mm-hmm. maybe not a problem maybe it is we'll talk about it later <laughs> um and and yeah so we kind of did the one thing i never thought we'd do which was buy a house somewhere else other than the valley and um settled down a little bit and i've been here since so i've been i think this year will be year eight year eight that i've been in the same place yeah and then like Megan said, I didn't really leave nowhere. I was pretty sheltered. Mom and dad, you know, both didn't grow up in the church, but, you know, kind of had the same backstory, not to uh, mm-hmm. liquefy it down, but kind of had the same backstory in that their parents, uh, you know, made them go to church and stuff like that. They went out, did their own thing, came back, saying that out loud, generational. Could we, be. We could get into that later. Yeah. I'm going to write it down. But, um... Oh, I bring a journal with me now, guys. I feel pretty <laughs> cool about it. Um, but yeah, I think all that did for me was the adaptability that came out of that. So whenever it was time for me to go off to college, right, which wasn't that long ago, which for me is such a fever dream, by the way, just because of what I did, it was such a fever dream. It's, it, like sometimes I still remember new things, and this happened like last year. <laughs> and um, yeah, I moved to Denton, which was about an hour away from Dallas was there for a couple months at UNT, University mm-hmm. of North Texas. Uh, did pretty good, surprisingly. And then came back because I couldn't find a job. So it felt like it was a smart thing to do. Right. And now I'm here. Yeah. What is something people seem to misunderstand about you? Mm. That's that's kind of tough. Because I know in school, it was mo- more so during school, you know, everybody thought I was this rock of a person. That I was hard mm-hmm. because... You know, in, in my early days, uh, I took martial arts, and I and I did it for years, and then come high school, I did a uh, powerlifting, and you know, I, Abby, you know very well that I've never been one to really dress up mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Yeah, I dress up because I want to feel pretty, I want to feel whatever, or for a special event. Mm-hmm. So I'm always very much dressed down, and I get. I shouldn't say I guess. I know it sets a uh, different tone and perception of me for someone that's first meeting me. Especially whenever it's it's in a completely new environment for me. I'm very reserved. Because mm-hmm. I'm still getting a feel for, you know, are you, are we going to, do we have the same humor levels? Or, you know, to what extent can I joke around or have, you know, in-depth conversations with you. Right. So I would say the biggest misconception that people have of me is that I am not that hard person anymore. 
especially having, especially with having grown out of that, because you know uh, that was definitely a barrier of uh, self preservation for me. Hmm. Yeah, I think for me, I would say because I've had I didn't have issues in the past, but I've uh, I've had conversations about it. Um, I like to come across as, you know, this goofy, you know, whatever, unserious. I got stories for days. If you tell me, if you tell me to do something more than likely, you know, I'm going to do it. I'll get on that, um, you know, whatever. Um, but I can also be like, not serious, but not joking all the time. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes people, uh, just kind of see it as that's all he is. And then... They kind of miss out on the, or not miss out, but they don't see the, uh, the, whoa, hey, he might have something to say about this, right? Or maybe what he thinks we should probably listen to, right? Mm-hmm. There's a little, there's a fine line between it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I've, I've kind of noticed it to be a uh, coping mechanism that mm-hmm. I have, of my humor that comes across. But at the same time, you know, I can, I can be that guy. Not that has the answers, but that can help you find the answers. You know what I'm saying? So I think people don't take me as serious, which is fine. You know, I don't want to be known as the the hard stone, whatever. You know, enter the room, you can cut the air with a knife. But at the same time, you know, it'd be nice to be taken seriously sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. So the next one is, what is your biggest pet peeve? Mm. I can say it. I'll go off. I'm not going to go. go for it. When people chew with their mouth open, it sets off this little it, something in me. It, it First of all, it disrupts my appetite. I'm no longer eating. I'm mm-hmm. not just watching your mouth move up and down and the sounds that are coming out of it. Um, And, and it ruins everything for me. I stop smiling. Um, There's this little... <laughs> I've noticed, I call it the death stare because I'm dead inside. I'm just looking at this person chewing with their mouth open. And in some occasions, it's not, that's not always appropriate for me to be like, hey, can you chew with your mouth closed, please? Because that just sounds really rude. I'm not going to tell you how to eat, but at the same time, I'm going to tell you how to eat. I'm going to tell you how to eat. You know, <laughs> if you didn't grow up with some manners, that's not on me, but I'm trying to enjoy my food. Yeah. That's mine. Yeah. Okay, so mine, my biggest pet peeve, and I just had the discussion with the family group chat last night, as a matter of fact, is. Don't use something in this. This is, you know, not just for me and my stuff. Do not use something that is that it is not intended for. Okay, so quick example. My big issue last night was my fire, uh, my little old smoky. Mm-hmm. It was used as a burn burn pit. Totally fine. But do not throw plastic and firecrackers in there because it leaves that nasty residue and it makes seasoning the pit all over again mm. difficult because mm. now there's a, that burnt plastic melty smell in there. Mm-mm. So now I have to season my pit all over again. Mm-mm. 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 <laughs> yeah. So there's that and put stuff back where you found it. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah. Because the rule that I was taught at work was, um, if you use something, use it like it's yours, treat it like it's mine Yeah. and then put it back in the same place that you found it, in the same condition that you found it, or better. So, like, if I if I borrow your truck, you know, I'm going I'm to bring it back, topped off. If I got it dirty, I'm going to clean it. And, you know, because it's, I'm going to use it like it's mine and however I need to use it. But I'm going to treat it like it's yours and with just that little extra ump of respect. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. 
I like that one. Yeah. See, nuggets all day. Someone bring brought For me days. back my charger with the wire thing. Starting to fray. Ugh. I don't just speak keep to it. that person. Yeah. I don't know what, what that person's up to now. Yeah, I at that point. Yeah, at that point, just keep it and replace it. Yeah. It's not that hard. Yeah. Just, just and they're not that them. expensive. I should mm-hmm. probably catch up with them. I'm not vengeful no more. But that is our what you did so yeah i'm with it <laughs> okay so the next one is what is the best compliment you have received is this for podcast or uh however way you want to take it okay uh best compliment that i've received is or you can do both and then cut one out right sorry okay so in just the general best compliment has been from you and from another bestie that y'all are proud of me oh for here come the waterworks. Oh, <laughs> for having grown and healed to the point that I have and been receptive to opening up. Mm. Yeah. But I guess the biggest takeaway of those compliments is that people my age or that I grew up with are proud of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then on the podcast sense, just all the gold nuggets that we've been dropping, the gold and Chick-fil-A nuggets. I like when people tell me I'm a good worker. Maybe that, I don't know. But whenever I whenever whenever I was at work, um, one of the guys told me like, "Yeah, you're a good hand." And for me, that lit up my whole world. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh yes, I am a good hand. Thank you. I could do this." You know, it's a little reassuring to know that I could uh, actually do something. Right. Right. Um, Especially being a completely green hand to the plants. Yeah. So I was I'm still new. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm already like doing a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. um, and it's all because you know. I I kind of don't, I don't really talk it, I walk it. Right. You know what I'm saying? People ask me, hey, can you do this? I'll be like, if you show me how to do it once, yes. And then I'll do it. So for me, I really like when people tell me that I could, uh, that I'm a good worker in anything. Uh, podcast wise, I really like when people uh, just give us kudos for doing it, right? Because a podcast is something I've always wanted to do hmm. about like, you know, church-based. Right. I, I used to be on a podcast. I started in school. And surprisingly enough, it's still going on. There's hmm. seasons now. What? That change with hosts. Same same teacher, same mentor. Shout out, Moreno. Um, it all started like, hey, Lee, we should do a podcast. Cause we got a new podcast room in the school. Hmm. And then that took off. So I, I've always liked doing podcasts, but I've always wanted to do a uh, church, church-based podcast. Right. And... Uh, Anytime people are like, hey, you know, it's a really good job or this and that, it just, it lights, it lights me up. It's that. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know, complete sidebar here. This will be our first episode of our season two. <gasps> Look at that. <laughs> season two. I love seasons. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Love that. So here's the next one. What is something, what should I ask that you didn't know? What should I ask that I didn't know enough to ask? Me, about you like we just met but what is something that you wish that you want to talk about or ask want me to ask we can come back to that one if you want yeah i think that's a good circle back okay we'll chew on it okay we'll finish this one before we get we'll come back to it after yeah the rest of them before we hit them the big one the, the bible one. okay okay so the next one is when are you the most productive okay most productive at work is when I am either by myself in the office all day or in the afternoons 
because in, by afternoons I mean close to, you know, everyone's gone for the day. Yep. So, in general, just afternoons and by myself. With anything outside of work, afternoons, early evening, because by then, you know, of course you're fully awake. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> <coughs> Good. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, you know, you've already got a meal inside of you. You've already done the morning routines. You're just you're just awake by afternoons, early evenings. I think I'm more productive when there's a deadline and or like when I'm on the deadline. Like it's the day of. I haven't done nothing in a week and watch me finish it. Which is a you know, textbook procrastination. I need to work on it. I have been working on it. Hasn't been going great, but I have been. And at night. I feel like at night yeah. my mind is just going crazy. For some reason my my mind hates sleep. So they're not, you know, there's, yeah. there's a little miscommunication between my body and my mind. But my mind will be going like a thousand miles an hour. And I'm like, you know what? I do need to clean my room right now. Mm-hmm. It's about time. And I'll get it done. Yeah. And I'll reorganize everything. I think, uh, I don't remember how many nights ago it was. But no, no longer than a week. I like completely reorganized everything in my phone. It was like the coolest thing ever. But it was like two in the morning. So it was like super not healthy. But Yeah. Whenever there's like a deadline and mm-hmm. I'm on it and at night. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the next one is because of the new year is how are you different than your old self last year? So how much you've grown in one year's time? And it's appropriate because it's yeah. the new year. So this one's kind of hard because it's definitely not a quantitative. You can't really put a number on your growth, mm-hmm. but you can definitely. You can see the before and after. Yeah. Qualitative. It's quantitative and qualitative. I didn't think qualitative was a word, but okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Or Bessie Telepathy is yes. going. <laughs> yeah, so it's, the qualitative is very much there. Like, I see it. And for me to see growth in myself and recognize it and acknowledge it, that's, that's I mean, that's in, in and of itself. You know, something that's completely different just from... Having moved back from Austin mm-hmm. uh, last, when did I move back? I moved back all through the month of May, so being here June. Yeah. So from June to now, I mean, my growth, my change is for real. <laughs> Just th- yeah, it's that. It's it. It's it's. Pfft. Yes, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> and if you really think about it, um, touching a little bit of you coming back home. I know it was very hard for you to come back home because right. in some sense it was a maiden defeat. Mm-hmm. But crazy enough, you are, you're not defeated. No. If anything, you're more empowered. Yeah. Which is like something that is so hard to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Still very proud of you. Um, but it is a, it's a very... <laughs> it's a very beautiful thing to watch because right. I know the feelings coming back and feeling how you're feeling, being the, at, at your most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest part of it all is that you were at your most vulnerable and in there you were able to find the strength to do unthinkable things growing right. in yourself. Right. And, and that is biblical in that when you are at your weakest, God is empowering you to be your strongest. Crazy enough. We started a Bible study. Yeah, whenever we came back, or I came back, you know, in June, I remember the day well because it was his birthday. Yeah. And uh, he didn't want to do dinner because we'd celebrated the weekend before. Mm-hmm. 
So I was like, yeah, you know, Mondays are good. So yeah. Good times, good times. Yeah. I wish I knew the chapter and verse for that scripture that when you are at your weakest, God is at is empowering you to be your strongest. And granted, you know, that, that's paraphrased. Yeah. A lot of what I say from the Bible is paraphrased. Yeah. I probably need to Unless I got it written down or right in front of me. Hey, I'm still a believer that the Bible is meant to be understood. It's not meant to be read. So however you understand mm. it, however it, it is the living word. We've said it's that before. It's always changing. It's always that's changing. That's why when people say, yeah, I know the Bible, I'm like, okay. Okay. And always, my argument with everybody is like, when I read it, I read it to me. Mm-hmm. When you read it, you read it to yourself. Right. So, however you're interpreting it, does not apply to me. How I interpret it does not apply to you. Yeah. And we're going to respect each other's wishes, and that's that. <laughs> so, what about you? I would say, just based off, you know, I'm kind of reminiscing right now. Not reminiscing, I'm remembering. I'm, I don't really enjoy it too much. I feel like if I were to. If I could conversate with myself from last year, I feel like it'd be like meeting a new person. I feel like it'd be like, hi, my name is John. Who are you? Type. Mm. Because my personality has changed. Uh, my mentality has changed. You know, how I see things, how I feel about things. Um, definitely my relationship with God has changed. Mm-hmm. I have one. And just kind of the people I hang around with. You know, I, there's always those guys. I have... I have three guys in my life right now that we don't talk every day, but if he says a word, we're there, right? If he were to tell me right now, John, my house is flooding. Oh, sorry. I was choking earlier. I'm so, I'm so... <laughs> I think you were choking up. So I was like, oh my goodness. No, it's still coming back. If he texts me right now, he said, John, my house is flooding. I'm bringing a bucket. You know what I'm saying? Um, and catching up at the same time. But there's also like those people that I thought were going to be in my life forever and they're not there and it's for the better. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to convince myself of that a year ago. Agreed. But now I do know. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I would say like night and day, if I'm being honest. So when did you move back? I moved back December. I remember it, it was December 17th. It's very specific. I know it because that's like how I mark. And this how... was 22, right? Yeah, this was like. Because remember, we're in January. Yes, see, that's what I'm saying. It's the whole fever dream. I have, I My time got really messed <laughs> up when I was out there. I didn't sleep a lot. Yeah, uh, December 17th, 22, and it's been just a over year. a year. Yeah, just over a year. It's been a lot. It's been a lot. A lot of stuff been going on. Did you feel that way too? Did you feel like defeated whenever you came back? So, yes and no. I felt defeated because... I couldn't find a job, and it wasn't that I wasn't looking hard enough. I probably had 20-plus interviews, right? But reality is I lived in a college city. It was a pretty big city. It was still growing. Mm-hmm. Um, very beautiful. But it was it was always like 50-plus applicants. Uh, they were all a little older than me, you know? And so it was just one of those. It was really hard to find it. And only and, people applied, like, previous year, too. Yeah, probably, yeah. if I'm being honest. I was probably lucky to even get that many interviews. But I couldn't get one, so I was like, you know, the, my mom was like, no, if you still want to, you know, I'm not going to tell you to come back. I'm not going to tell you to stay. And then, so it was kind of one of those that I accepted the reality of it. Mm-hmm. wasn't what I wanted at the time. I'm glad it happened now. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a bittersweet. Right. Right. Agreed. Very, very bittersweet. <laughs> okay, so the next one, we're going to, the one to the one we circle back. Is something that I should ask that I didn't know enough to ask. Now, this was, was more for you because we know each other deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, yeah, for me, you could ask pretty much anything. You know, 
probably all be new information. Or maybe something that, like, you wish your parents would ask you. Or people at church or something, like, since it was like, how are you doing? You know, and you're really inside or like, not, not okay. Good, not good. <laughs> not good. Yeah. But maybe ask more, I can see it in your eyes. I know there's something going on, but uh, whenever you're ready, I'm here. You know, sometimes it's just... I would say that's that's it. I mean, I know, especially after Bible study nights, you've you've gone above and beyond to, to ask me that. And, you know, there's days where I am ready to talk about it, and there's days where it's like, no, I, I still need time to chew on it. Yeah. I still need time to process it. So if anything, I, w- I would say, you know, not just coming from you or... It, if this question were to come from, you know, family, you know, parents, uh, whomever, that'd definitely be a question that I feel like I'm ready to start addressing things mm-hmm. and ready to start opening up, yeah. start having those conversations. Yeah. I sometimes wish people would ask me more about my experiences. I kind of, I've kind of found myself that I'm having the same conversations with people over and over again. And I, th- I, me and me, Megan and Claire, after one podcast went out to McDonald's, and then I did that whole thing inside <laughs> myself. It was, I, it was, I say a whole thing. It was probably like the easiest little transition, right? When it all finally happened, but inside me, it was like this huge like ordeal. Yeah, it was like this whole little bubbly thing, and my gut was really nasty. Not even the good stuff like soda. It was like, like something sewage. just not. Ugh, right. It was just nasty. But when it finally came out, it was kind of nice. Um. About, like, what I've actually been through, what I've actually done, what I've come from. I feel like sometimes I could help somebody out more, but I also don't want to overstep. So that's kind of why I've been living on a... I'm open to it if you ask me about it, but I'm not going to, like, go out there and be like, I can help you because I've done this, this, and this, and this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want to... Because I still don't... I feel like if that happened to me, if someone had did that to me when I was going through what I was going through, mm-hmm. I feel like I would have rejected it on the spot. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would have been, I don't know, like, really? Are you preaching to me like this, right? Right, yeah. So just knowing that, um, and that could just be a personal thing. That could just be me, but I also want to be considerate. Yeah, pro tip for that, uh, not just for yourself, but anybody else listening. That's when you need to, <laughs> that's whenever you know, kind of check yourself, you know, check if, you know, especially whenever the moment's right, you, you know, when, you know, when the moment's right, because one, especially now that night, I don't know if, if you felt it or if Claire felt it, but definitely the spirit was there with us in that conversation. Yeah, it really was. So that's definitely one of those, you know, if you feel it and you, you feel that, that the bubbles, listen to it and just take that plunge. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like some, I, I would like to be approached more because now i'm just sitting on this experience you know what i'm saying <laughs> it's like uh i have the answers and no one's asking the questions mm. yeah so I, I guess to boil down that nutshell uh time and place time and place yeah so sidebar mm-hmm. i always get me fun of a work because i'm really good at reading body language pretty good um i'm sorry <laughs> it's okay i have horrible body language <laughs> No, but you were receptive, I can tell. But um, a lot of people, just little things here and there, that things that you will never, you can pick up easily. And so my biggest thing whenever I see somebody... Um, hey, Claire. Hey. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, I would always make a comment like, mm, your little light is dimming a little bit, you okay? And they kind of look at me funky, because they're like, what do you mean my little light? I'm like, yeah, usually you're shining bright, now you're just a little bit more dim. What's mm. going on? But you don't tell me, I'm just, well, you don't know I notice, and so if there's anything I can do for you, please let me know. And yeah. most of the times it's always met with, well, it's just personal things, but I've been going through a lot. I don't really want to talk about it, but thanks for noticing. Because sometimes it just takes that little bit for someone else to notice that you're hurting or that there's pain. Because I feel like everybody can read it. Hmm. And I always tell Megan, we trauma bonded over a bunch of things. <laughs> we did. We really crazy. did trauma bond. Trauma bond. <laughs> <laughs> but now we're trauma breaking. Yeah. <laughs> breaking generation curses, too. Um, One Bible study at a time. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but, you know, I think that's something that you can always offer. Like, hey. Because I, I think you, you're pretty good at picking up social cues, too. I mean, part of the whole joking, I don't want to say facade, because it really isn't. We can just call it that. Okay. <laughs> okay. The joking facade, I feel like you're a very in deep person. And I feel like you could possibly pick that up. But if you can, you can just be like, hey. So, um, you could. You know, and then usually if you say it with a funny looking face or how you say it can lead into something more. I know that's the way I trick Megan <laughs> into talking to me <laughs> because sometimes that burden is just so heavy. It's so heavy to carry and we are humans and we forget that we're not the only ones in the world suffering. Right. Um, but anyway. Yeah. We, got, we got 10 minutes. Oh, sorry. Last, we'll ask two more questions. All right. All right. Okay. So one is tell me about a testimony that touched your heart and tell me about a testimony that changed your prayer. And wow. this is God related. That's a That's really good deep. question. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, do you want to go first? I can take Man, it. I, I go have ahead, my go answers. Ahead. The first part of your question was, what was the testimony that touched your heart? Mm-hmm. We were at a youth, we were at a youth event um, in Sweeney. And uh, this guy came. I had no idea who he was. Nothing like that. He talked about, he was a missionary. And he talked about uh, how God literally... He used the word, I'm going to use this, but it sounded crazy to me too, but I'm going to say it, he teleported from one place to another, and it was, uh, he was, he was looking down the barrel of a gun, right, these guys were, it was somewhere like Middle Eastern, I want to say, or, and these guys were like pointing these guns at him and this and that, and he just started praying, well, he, when he opened his eyes, he was like in a totally different room, and away from all that, and to me, I was like, why would he lie to me about that? That is the coolest story I've ever heard in my life. Hmm. And so for me, that kind of like changed my, uh, I was still I was still pretty young. I want to say I was like 13. Um, but what that did for me was that sparked more of an interest in my heart, actually, because it made me want to like love, love the Bible more just a little bit. Because that was like, the, when he said it, I was like, what? It was like this coolest little plot twist because mm-hmm. he, when he, he was leading up to it. And so when he said it, I was like, no way. Nuh-uh. But, uh, no, yeah. And then, what was the second part of the question? Man, I thought a you said you were good at that. testimony that changed your prayer. Changed my prayer. Hey, whoa. <laughs> obviously Taking I, shots. Obviously, I didn't First shot it. of season two. <laughs> um, that changed my prayer. A testimony that changed my prayer. I would say, what's the guy's name? Megan? Victor Jackson. Ooh. Um, uh, just the, the sacrifice that he did. At the time, I, I was like, he's crazy. There's no way I would have done that. But now that's kind of what he did. His testimony was um, he was going to sign an NBA contract. He was going to be an NBA professional player. 
and he turned it down to pursue preaching. Mm-hmm. Sounded crazy to me. Like, why would you do that? That's millions. Like, you're turning down millions. Yeah. Man. What are you doing? But that what that did was that kind of changed my prayer into a more of you than me, right? Mm-hmm. More your will than my will. Mm. Um, so yeah, Victor Jackson. Victor Jackson's testimony was uh, what changed my prayer. And I forget the other guy's name. I was so young, but I want to know it. <laughs> Teleported. Yeah. Crazy. Um, it is. I would say the testimony that changed, what was it, perspective? No, heart. one was that touched your heart, and then a testimony that changed your prayer. Okay, so the one that touched my heart is one of out of, out of our own church here. Mm. That is Sister Ties. I remember there was this night uh, with my old youth group uh, from the Rock Church. We were all in our little youth room. I forget what the lesson was about, but she said... Uh, preface that you know she never shares her testimony in depth very often it's very rare to hear her entire testimony in its entirety i don't think i've even heard the whole thing yet oh my goodness dude i've known her for years be ready whenever have the tissues ready okay (laughs) but yeah she shared her her personal testimony i know we've heard bits and pieces Mm. or a bulk of it but the in-depth one my goodness i think she knows i can't handle it (laughs) <laughs> she knows I'm a baby. <laughs> yeah, but her her testimony really really changed my perspective on a lot of things. And I remember that night, uh, there was not a dry eye in our youth group. Mm. And this is you know whenever we were all still very much knuckleheads, every bit of fifteen sixteen years old, uh, thinking you know we were hard and whatnot, rebellious teenagers. But her testimony, man. That, that'll rock you. Mm. What was the second part? The one, a testimony that changed your prayer. Testimony that changed my prayer. I wouldn't say that there's one, anyone in particular. I think it's just a culmination of things. But, and if anything, it's probably just the preachings that I've been listening to for a while now. And uh, I always reference, you know, Truth Chapel out of Loganville, Georgia, uh, pastored by Court Chavis. And Victor Jackson's church, Bible Center of Orlando in Orlando, Florida, those two have really spoken to me. And I want to say it's Truth Chapel, for sure. That's the one that I've listened to the longest. With those preachings that they upload on their podcast and on their YouTube channel. And even the Pentecostals of Katy here in Texas, those those youth services. Those youth services are... Fire. Fire. <laughs> Pretty sure that it's called Friday Night Fire too. I wouldn't be surprised, but uh, yeah, just just listening to all those testimonies that have come across the pulpit over the airwaves, uh, those have really gotten me to be. You know, I shared this with you too. To be specific in prayer, because mm-hmm. you know you can be praying for X, Y, and Z, and it it be totally fine. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's generally everybody's starting for is X, Y, and Z, and then as you're praying and as you're growing in God. And the more Bible that you read and understand and whatnot, the more tuned in that you get with the Holy Ghost and the more specific your prayers start getting Mm -hmm. once you start at X, Y, and Z. I know there's been times where you and I have discussed, you know, know, I'm I'm praying for this and it feels like, you know, there's this wall. I was like, well, maybe, you know, instead of, you know, great, great idea, great starting point, but maybe refine the prayer to be A, B, C. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. 
Okay, I know we're running out of time, but I'm just going to ask this last two. So yeah, the next good. one to last one is, has there been a time where God has made you laugh? And I say it because we all know God has a, a wonderful sense of humor. And a lesson that he taught you, and even may have brought you some tears of joy. I know this one's deep, but... Made me laugh with a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. To really like, it's not what I expected. Funny man, God. Looking back now, there was a lot of times I should have died. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I say jokingly, <laughs> I say jokingly, but there was a lot of times I should have died. And um, looking back at it now, I know it was God that was like keeping me alive, keeping me there. Mm-hmm. So I'll laugh about it, but it was serious moments at the time. But I think for me, it wasn't a, as it was happening, I was laughing about mm-hmm. it. But it's more now that I can actually talk with him about stuff like that. Yeah, I laugh about it now. I was like, oh, I really did almost, you know. And he was, and he'll be like, yeah, you know, you should have done this then. I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so like that, like. Yeah, like it was, it's little things. Uh, when you look back, it's one of those. Oh, you actually, you know, that probably could have ended a lot worse than it was. And he was like, yep. And it's like, all right. Yeah. Uh, I'd say probably my relationship i know i've talked about it before and you know i try to keep it general because i don't want you know anybody to get the wrong impression but there were there were a lot of things that were obvious signs of you know like hey stop (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's just uh i guess the humor side of it was i put myself through those hurts Mm -hmm. well yeah just that you know i put myself through those hurts i hurt myself so I thought about this question when Pastor, I don't know if you guys remember, but he's like, I was talking about something, and then he's and then he said, but God never asked you to do it. Like, yes. Like, um, you keep praying about something. Yeah. But God is like, am I answering that? Because I didn't ask you to do it. Yeah. And then I was like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Immediately crying. I was like, oh my I, goodness. I, I honestly think that that's, for me, I, okay, I, I'm, I don't know you guys too, too well, uh, just, just from what I've talked to, with you guys about, but I feel like we're all pretty overachievers, I want to mm, say. A little bit. I think when people like that get in the church, that's when it starts happening, you know? And I I know pastor is because he says it all the time. As soon as he started, he said he was going to go, like, win 10,000 people in, like, a week or something like that. It's so crazy. Um, so I know he's a bit of an overachiever, too, but I think that's more for, like, people that, in general try to exceed yeah mm-hmm. and it's really easy to slip into it it's it's very easy <laughs> that's that's the hard part yeah yes so the last one is what is your more successful episode and why do you think it did so well now this is doesn't have to do with ratings it mm-hmm. just has to do with so you went back and heard it you're like like that or whatever it may be so statistically just based on the numbers i know you said you know not based on the numbers it is healing part three and this is what part two of relationships, if I'm not mistaken. Let me look it up real quick. Sometimes we do multiple in one day. It's hard to track. Well, I mean, lately we've been doing multiple in yeah. one day. Let me do the. Yeah, it's part two of healing relationships. Uh, this has currently 44 plays. 44, 43 plays. I'm dyslexic. I can't read. <laughs> but uh, statistically, that's that's our best one. And personally. I would say probably part four for me. 
and that's just because you know early on in that episode and funny enough I was just listening it to today just going back through notes and prepping for our next episodes but healing part four early on I get real choked up when I'm talking to law enforcement parents and it's not limited to law enforcement parents. It's not limited to first responder parents. It is anybody that is a parent. And we we briefly talked about this before, and that you know, because of X, Y, and Z, ABC has has to be going on at work. Which, fine, you know, I get it. It sucks uh, in those instances. But to any parent, I would urge check in this. In of course, you know, I'm not a parent, so I can't fully stand on this one but I stand on it in that full that check work at the driveway because what latches onto you at work very much does enter your home if you allow it to mm. and this is where I also encourage um, more so you know first responders military parents uh, because you see things that everyday people do not see mm. you see the true darkness of the world and the evils that are going on in in the dark this is where I would urge any parent, every parent, to anoint your home. Mm. Inside and out. And the token that I got from the last church that I went to, uh, the Rock Church, uh, some of the ministers came over and, uh, you know, they were explaining to my parents, you know, because, you know, the husband's head of the household, it is your duty, it is your responsibility to anoint the outside of your home. Yeah. Before you... Uh, so that way, you know, your authority is established uh, to anything that may be entering um, entering the home. And it's the wife's responsibility to anoint the inside of the home because whatever is there, it's your responsibility to cast it out. Mm. And then, of course, you know, if, if you do it together, I'm more than sure, you know, that just amplifies those prayers that much more. Right. And then, of course, you know, if you don't feel comfortable doing it, uh, because you know you're still new to the church stuff and whatnot, I I highly encourage getting with uh, leadership. You know, pastors, pastor and pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. That way, for one, you have your church head uh, anointing of your home, and two, as they're doing it, they're going to be teaching you to you know what, how, and why yeah. to do X, Y, and Z. I think for me, just because um, of one person specifically. It's someone I haven't really talked to in a long time. Still on good terms and stuff. Just haven't talked to in a long time, you know. It was uh, our self-harm. Mm-hmm. Our self-harm little series we did. I forget which part he said it was. It was It was like a... It was one of them. Early ones. Probably two. I yeah. probably said it was part two. He, he came up to me. You know, we caught up again. He came up to me. He was like, hey, so I heard about your podcast. I listened to it. And it was like totally up to like up him. I didn't even mm-hmm. say nothing about it. And he told me about like, how how that made him feel, how that made him reconsider things, how that made him um, basically all in all, it was like a thirty minute conversation. All in all, applied to his life, and for me, that that's what made that one successful for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that I got to hear it, mm-hmm. you know, that it actually did what I wanted it to do, you know, which is at the end of the day, I'm not just here talking because I like talking, which yeah. I do, <laughs> um, but. It's more that I'm here talking because I, I really hope someone listens, right? And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say that's the self-harm one we did. I think I think it's a little bit deeper than that, too, right? Because it's a testimony from y'all's testimony. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like someone's listening. 
someone's hearing what I have to say. Yeah. And someone feels like I do. And I, going back to what I said earlier, everybody needs to be reminded they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the longest time, we always try to fight battles alone, but we're not alone. You haven't looked at my notes, have you? No. <laughs> <laughs> because we're hitting on a lot of things that... Yeah, yeah, but, that's, but that's that's coming. But that's that's importance of, of the podcast overall. It's yeah. just making sure that everybody knows that we're here. Yeah, for but in, yeah, in the podcast, it's it's more. I feel like it's more of that personal mm-hmm. uh, conversation that could be had. You know, should somebody want to have this conversation with us? You know, whether me individually, John, with you individually, or uh, with, with any, anybody that's in church, anybody that's got some type of experience, you know, that, that door is very much open. You know very well that I'm an open book. You just need to ask. Yeah. And (laughs) now, now you are. (laughs) Well, I mean, even before. Yeah. And, and I've, I've admitted this before too, that I am transparent and loyal and honest to a fault. Yeah. But I was going to add a little bit to yours as well, to the whole parent thing. So out of all of us, I, I am a parent. Right. <laughs> but you're correct. Sometimes, um, I'll tell this to people all the time, uh, my my kids can be asking me or telling me mama for 25,000 times and I'm chill. The whole, every single 25,000 times. I'm like, yes, buddy. Yes. Can I help you? <laughs> but sometimes work, when you come home and you're overwhelmed or something, it only lasts eight times. Mm-hmm. I only got eight times in me. I don't got 25,000 times today. Only eight times and it will do it for me. Right. And sometimes I sit back and I'm like, ugh, I should have just let him do it 10 more times. What 18 times wouldn't have hurt. But also it's setting yourself boundaries from, from work. Right. Because we're so busy with life and we think that we owe them something because they give us a paycheck. Right. We already give them all our time. Right. We don't owe them our brain and our anxiety. Mm. We don't owe them none of that. Come on now. We only owe them our time that's there. And whenever we go home, we owe that time to our family, to our children, to ourselves. Right. Well said. So I think you're absolutely correct. I think all parents should check themselves just a little bit for themselves. Because right. sometimes it's hard to forgive what's already said. Right. And so being able to kind of... Check yourself and be like, wait a minute. Yeah. And my theory is, or my philosophy is, you can always correct actions, mm-hmm. but you can't take back words. Ooh, yes. Mm. Yes. But that's all I got for you guys. Yeah. All right. I think that was pretty successful. That was a good one. Yeah, that was good. John, would you like to close us out? Um, thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here. Thank you um, for letting Abby have these questions for us and for giving us... Uh, the knowledge, the time to be able to sit here and uh, talk about it. Um, I pray that this wasn't just uh, for fun. I pray that it was also for somebody's life, that somebody got something from it, and uh, that maybe it helped them think about some of these questions for themselves. Uh, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen.